everybody? It's your boy Rail back with another review. Oh yeah, I feel refreshed, man. You know, for a lot of y'all, <clears throat> I don't know if y'all caught it or not, but after those two season finales, House of the Dragon and uh, Raising Canaan, your boy had to take a little bit of a break, man. I had to just, I just didn't want to talk. <laughs> I just wanted to chill out for a minute. And um, I know that was a lost in content for y'all. Those waiting for Teller Tuesdays and uh, Throne Thursdays. But I have every intention on making up on lost ones um, and try to get caught up. So I got all those intentions within today, tomorrow, and Monday. And hopefully I got some preloaded to just drop on Tuesday and Thursday. So we all square. Okay? We're all square. But anyway, we're here for Sons of Anarchy Season 2, Episode 4. All right. Now, before I get into anything, the beginning of this episode, um, it it landed on a few real ass things, like real ass topics. One, who is the biggest cock blocker you know? Like who? Like who? Is it a parent? Is it a friend that don't be getting no ass and just hate to see that you out here living your best life? Is it a op? Is it somebody that's Pillow talking against you and just talking bad about you, trying to halt, you know what I'm saying? No. None of those are correct. The biggest cock block in the history of cock blocks is your own kid. Oh, yeah. When this episode started and Jackson um, Tara's out here saying I love you freely, I remember it was a it was a long time coming for that shit to happen. They know what it was. Now they just saying I love yous. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then as soon as Jack's about to get it in with Tara, just because they just feeling the love, it's just sporadic. I mean, my man is just getting dressed to leave, but <laughs> would that stop us, fellas? No. As soon as we get dressed, even sooner we'll get undressed if it means some ass. Okay? But who's there to stop it? Goddamn Abel. You guessed. You guessed it. Your kid is often your greatest cock block, man. I am a living testament to this statement. I don't think nobody on earth can do it better than my son and my daughter to this day. To this day. The knocks on the door, the calls, the everything. It just, it's, oh, God. It's just so terrible. So I felt them in a very real way. A very real way. That frustration, I was like, oh my God, another kid strikes again. Another one. All right, and for those of y'all who might do like I do and ignore the the, <laughs> the yelling and the cries and the and the tummy aches because they so hungry, but you like, look, if you're the one that's screaming from the door, just go, wait a minute, I'll be out there in a second. Salute to you, man. Fuck them kids. Get yours in. All right, all it's going to take is a quick 15, 20, man. It'll be all right. All right, you'll learn that later in parenthood. <laughs> and also, fellas, that scene with Halfsack and the boys when they was all gearing up to go on that uh charity run, when he sat there and tried to share a very real moment with these individuals, where he says, you know what, I'm about to go get some ball surgery where I get another one added just to get symmetrical. I that is That was such a real blowback he received. He got jokes about glass balls. They was in there, you know what I'm saying, trying to touch on them, just making fun of them, clowning them in a very real moment. 
He was like, no, guys, it's some new technological shit, man. I'm just waiting for my VA loan. Like, he's really sharing with these animals. Nobody can... No, it, he was dropping some real, like... Because I was feeling him. I was like, yeah, you should get you a second ball, bro. And I think what you're looking for is silicone. Real squishy. I'm like, that's good for you, bro. As I'm watching, I'm like, way to go, half sack. You're about to be full sack. I support this. Unfortunately, when you get around you guys and you try to share a very real moment with them, this is what's going to happen. And this is one of the things that make this show so real. This is a real life (laughs) thing that would happen as you try to share with your guys. And fellas, because of that reason, I implore you, get yourself some female friends. Like, you need, I would much rather kick it with my lady friends, nine nine out of ten, before I go with these ragamuffins of the guys. Like, maybe you get that later with age, but the dudes is just, uh, you can't share shit with them. You ain't gonna get no real conversation with your guys, a group of them, but you get to share in in your lady circle. There's nothing but compassion and support. And they're going to they gonna make phone calls for you like, oh, I could save you $1,000. I was just looking it up the other day. Because they thoughtful. Get you some lady friends, man. And ladies, let your man get some lady friends. He'll be a better man to you. Because he's going to come to them. Let them know all the bullshit going on in the house with the arguments. And they will present your argument oftentimes in a way that he can better digest it. Maybe he'll understand it. Because sometimes in the heat of the moment, we just ain't getting what the fuck's coming out your mouth. Because we just don't want to hear the shit. You know, we need an unbiased group. Right? That just look at the facts. We need a third party. Now, fellas, what's also very important. Do not, don't try to mask these lady friends as something you're just going to try to smash later. You should have no sexual anything with you and your lady friends, okay? I'm telling you, don't do it. I know you're listening to me. I know right now you got a lady friend you want to smash. I say she's no longer your friend. Cut it off. Cut it off. But you ain't going to listen to me. You're going you're gonna to crash out. You're going to throw it all away. I know you. I know you. I was you. But you ain't going to listen. Then you're going to come back under the conversation. Like, oh, man, you were so right. It would have been great if I just, yeah. Uh-huh. But now, fuck all that. Let's get into the real meat of the show. This episode here. Really let me know why this show was so good. This show is really deep. And it's got like a lot of intricate emotions and feelings. And like, they really get, it's like the little stuff you might overlook. That's some real powerful shit. Real issues. Real, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm at a loss for words, actually. I can't really... But when I start talking about these scenes, you're going to get a full grasp of what I'm talking about. Now, first, am I the only one who wanted, when Gemma got that mask at her crib, at, 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 the, at the workshop, and then when she took it over there to the cigar guy, and then Henry Rowland pulls up and she notices the tattoo. So now that's important. Now she's got the leader. She knows what he looks like. And she finally put a face to the tattoo. So she knows the motherfucker that violated her, right? So these are very important things happening in this episode. Am I the only one who wanted Gemma to put that fucking mask on and shoot the shit out that cigar shop? I was like, Gemma, just please. Just go do it. This is a time where camera phones ain't... And everybody's not a walking camcorder. And you're in Charming. 
nothing uh, would make me think that there's a bunch of surveillance cameras and shit, ring doorbells. Like, it's not happening in Charmin in this era. Not right now. I'm like, boy, she could just put this fucking mask on and shoot that shit up. Whether she catch bodies or not, I would just love to see this form of aggression. Unfortunately, she spent that on a lady annoyingly looking for a parking space. And then I wanted her to shoot her. I know, I know, real is not of road rage. But it's just like, bitch, relax. I hate when that happens to me. Like, yo, can I sit in my car or wait for another parking spot? Fuck out of here with your beeping and then you want to hold a conversation? Yo, entitlement. You gonna roll down the fucking window? Like, what? Screaming at me? No. No. And probably that's why I don't own a gun. And I probably never will. Because I don't trust me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get irritated at that type of shit. I would pull a Gemma. But I don't know no answer that would just come get me out the jam. I don't have any cop friends. <laughs> I am going down. So... Yes, I'd rather not even put myself in that motherfucking situation. But Jim was going through it, and Ansa really wants to help her, you know. So when he goes to talk to Tara, we see somebody who we know is about to be fucking annoying. The manager or something? Like the the doctor's office manager? Somebody who doesn't save lives? Somebody who doesn't? A fucking pencil pusher. Like, you're not the talent here, ma. She gonna come to Tara and throw that little jab like i was like that was so unnecessary she come out here with her dumb ass glasses with her dumb ass haircut with that dumb ass pantsuit with that dumb ass shirt underneath the dumb ass pantsuit and i was just like ew i hate all of that energy all of what she got going on look like a fucking uh professional velma get your dumb ass out of here and she gonna press terror talk about yeah and it seems like you get a lot of visitors Okay, from both sides of the law. Hmm, and I'm going to walk off letting you know that. And Tara's face was of a real, I felt her face like, bitch, what? It was just such confusion. Like, wh- one, why are you pressing me? Why are you looking like, why? Why? I don't even talk to you. It's been two seasons. I don't talk to you. Where you come from? Just another annoying, but just want to get in my shit. So I was like, oh my God. But then... What we notice is Unser is at his wit's end. He really wants to help Gemma. But we've been getting a vibe from Unser when it comes to Gemma. And it seems like Tara picked it up instantly. Lady friends. I'm telling you, lady friends, be they, they zero in on shit that we don't see. But Tara's like, oh, you look like you really care for Gemma. And he's going to try to give us this, oh, I've known her since 12, you know. Try to talk her out and run away at 16. And she comes back. And then she somehow relates it. Which is foreshadowing. He says that Gemma's return back, minus the baby, is much similar to Tara's. And then we just saw earlier in the episode, Tara was like, she had this realization, like, I'm your old lady. Wow, like, that's kind of cool. I'm a doctor, but I'm also a old lady. Like, oh, wow. So we see that that's some foreshadowing. Tara is Gemma in training. They're try- They're giving us all these little clues to let us know Tara's gradually finna lose what she is and transform into something new. Because that whole enlightening, I'm an old lady thing, I don't know what that was about. I was like, it's not that big a deal, shorty. Join the club. Like, all these motherfuckers got old ladies. Like, you're nobody special. You're an old lady of the VP. Maybe, arguably, the most attractive man in Charmin. That's probably a plus for you. I could see you. I could see you with your little W. Right? But now, 
she picks up that answer might have a little bit more. And then he tried to spin us with that whole little story. Like, no, we're not falling for that. There is something deeper there. But, you know. And, and I think that's also a foreshadowing of their relationship. Because we see later on when Unser tries to, you know, come to a room and say, I, I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to help you. I want to. But, like, fucking, no, it's not going down. And Gemma's getting that energy from him like, yo, Unser's a bit invested in me. And she almost seems a little, not weirded out, but... Uh, I guess if you could make a Gemma blush in a way, in some nasty way, because I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like, you know, I don't know. It's weird. So there's a weird answer Gemma energy going on this episode. It's just, it, it's a, it was increasing from the few, the past episodes. It seems to get to be stronger to some later. And uh, I'm also disappointed in Gemma. She had the drop on Henry, right? She had a backup pistol. Salute her. She, she rode around like fucking John Wayne. She got double-breasted guns. Like, here you go, answer, take this gun. I got the Glock in the in the purse, so we good to go. And please, gun people, do not kill me. I don't know if that's a Glock or not. I know so, I could just feel your energy. Somebody is infuriated in my comments, ready to tell me the make, model, okay, where it began, I don't fuck with gun people. I do not want to get in them arguments with y'all. Like, I be miss. Just let this one slide is what I'm asking. Okay, I don't know what the fuck type of gun it is. Could be a 9. Okay, could be a Desert Eagle. No, it couldn't be a Desert Eagle. Was, I know that much. You know what I'm saying? I know that much. But you get what I'm going with this. Please, relax. But when she did that terrific, I'm going to go to the stall next to him. And I'm going to wait it out. First, I thought she was going to blow through that through the porta potty That'd have been a hell of a death right there. That was a missed opportunity. I was like, yeah, just shoot blindly into the fucking stall next to you. That would be terrific. But no. So she she listens and he comes out. And I'm like, ooh, this would be a good kill. His back is turned. He's right in front of you. And me, if I was Gemma, if I was some old white lady, I, this is let me tell you what I'd do, right? I'm going to shoot this man that's in front of me that raped me, right? I'm going to murder him, and I'm going to be back in the stall. I'm not going to run because you think about it. If you shot him and ran, there's going to be witnesses that was like, oh, this lady dressed in leather, and she was kind of tall. She looked nervous and ran to a car, like, looked like she tucked a gun or some shit like that. Like, no, you don't want nothing to place you at the scene, right? So I would have I would have blasted him and then and closed the door to the porta potty And then I would have called the police. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in this porta potty I'm terrified. Somebody just came through shooting. Somebody saved him. I don't want to leave out. No, somebody come help him. And I waited until the cops pulled up. It's charming. They bored. They'd be there in seconds. Then they'd have been like, oh, my God, Jim, are you okay? I know you're a pillar to the society. Yep, that's him. I don't know who killed him. I was terrified. I stopped to pee. You know, I'm an old lady, my bladder. Whatever. Whatever. They would that would have been done. No investigation. No, no, that's kind of weird. Jimbo, he's got exit wounds from his from the front, almost lining up with the porta potty. I don't think they would have went that deep in Charming, to be honest with you. And who cares about a dead Aryan motherfucker like, you know? And by the way, that table full of Aryans is probably the most terrifying group I could. I, I imagine seeing them motherfuckers walk down my street. Oh, no, I'm closing the blinds. Them motherfuckers look like they with the shits. I'm not going to hold you. But I often do fantasize, like, what would happen if I just saw them there and I just sat at the table right next to them? I was like, what's going on, gentlemen? 
anything, you know, sports, just to see the reaction, just to see the shock and the hate and let's just get it. You know, I, I don't know. I'm crazy though. <laughs> but yeah, I would have did that. Instead, she gave him a pass. Now, this is what I want to pose to you guys. Cause I was at a, I was on and off about this one. Is it that she felt bad because clearly he's talking to his son Cliffy? Oh, how's your sports? And then did she just not want to shoot a dad? Like take somebody from their son? Or was it that fear that he did to her? Like has her scared? Like an internal no. Like, oh my God, I'm terrified of this dude. Like, what if I shoot him and he doesn't go away? What if he comes back? Like, so I was at, I didn't know. Cause I hope it wasn't over Cliffy. Fuck a Cliffy. Fuck Cliffy. Fuck his, fuck his fucking soccer game. Whatever the fuck he was playing. I'm assuming the soccer. I didn't give a shit. No, bro. Your dad gotta go. I'm sorry. He out here fucking doing hate crimes. He out here raping innocent women. Like, no. Sorry, Cliffy. He will not be at your next game. Fatherless. I'm sorry. He got to go. So I was very pissed that Jimmadin was unable to get that one off. But I must say, the energy felt good this episode. It looked good seeing the guys for once, like, excited about going on the ride. We see that um, Clay is, is battling them hands. It's getting worse. Now he's getting... You know what I'm saying? Steroids or some shit shot into his hands so he can just make it through the day. Um, and But it felt, the energy felt better. Like it, was the, it was almost like why they got into it in the first place. For once, they didn't have to do no shooting. There was no war. There was no... It was just we all finna go on this ride. This is what we do. Get on the road. Link up with all the guys. Ride through town. It felt pure. Of course they detoured and went to go pick up guns. Because why would they do anything for fun? You know what I'm saying? And they got now they're doing the whole handgun mission. But we learn about a name. Is it Johnny O? Jimmy O? Jacob O? I forgot what the what the Irishman said. But it triggered um, Chibs. It triggered him. He was like, yeah, well, we'll deal with him when he comes stateside. Like, I don't know. So there's some beef. There's some IRA beef going on. And he is a Scotsman, so I don't think he really fucks with the Irish like that. I don't know those dynamics, but something bad happened between them two. So that just, I like how they placed that, though. They didn't give us nothing. They just gave us a name and a reaction from an unlikely source. Like, Chibs ain't really been done much of nothing in, like, two seasons. So... I mean, he's been a part of things, but he's never really had his own moment to shine, in a way. But I like how this was just an excellent episode because of scenes like this. It's like, we're not going to tell you shit. We're not even going to allude to nothing. Like, overtly. We're going to drop a name, film his reaction, and it'll all make sense sometime down the line. Thought that was excellent. That is supreme writing right there you're like oh shit i'm interested in this so now we got a whole nother storyline just waiting on the back burner to take off in a place we can come reference to where that happened also when uh tig is picked up by the bounty hunters because i thought that was hilarious um 
Bobby brings out this dinosaur of a motorcycle. Nobody wants him to fucking bring it. And it does exactly what Havsack was scared of. He was like, I don't want to ride behind that shit for obvious reasons. It's a fucking smokescreen. It's like the Mach 5, but not as good. You know, the Mach 5 had all like little things you could just drop out the back. Like, oh no, or like Death Race. Right? With Channing Tatum, which is a horrible movie, but I fucking loved it. And I've watched it several times. But yeah, they got a little smoke screen by like, fam, no, you can't blind me like that. And this shit malfunctioned. I flipped off my bike. But instead of half second, it happened to Tig. And you, and <laughs> what I liked is when Tig flipped off the shit, and he was down there in pain, when the, cut, when the camera cut back to Jax, he's sitting there smirking. And I was smirking too. Not because it was funny that he tumbled, but because something bad happened to Tig. That's what I was happy about. Because he murdered Donna. Let's not... We're not leaving off this. This is very prevalent. This is going to be a huge thing. Right? This ain't some small shit. This ain't... What What? What does Zell say in training today? Killing people ain't like stepping on ants. Alright? We're not just finna... No, you can't just kill a mother. A fucking wife. Of a, of a fucking... Of a fucking brother. Like, no. This is going to resonate. <laughs> so, it seems almost like Jackson's smirking, and I'm smirking too. Like, yeah, Tig deserves something bad. He got off too light. But now Bobby is sanctioned with taking out, taking care of him. Tig stays behind. Um, I mean, Tig, Bobby, half sack. That's the crew, right? So he's got this whole HMO issues and... Then you see the, the little admin lady calls up. What we now find out is bounty hunters. Now he's scooped up, and of course they're doing the gun run. So what started off as just fun and lighthearted, of course, gets real. Because how often is something fun and lighthearted going to go down on Sons of Anarchy? How long could that possibly last? So the bounty hunters hop out. They get them in, a, in an extravagant fashion, right? Guns out. And Tig really shined in this one. He heard them say, hey, he can't come in battered and bruised. So Tig does what he does best. He incites violence. He does bullshit. He makes you want to punch him in the face. I mean, that's a skill that Tig has. Above all. So he at least bought himself some time. And what we found out that he has an issue out in Oregon, we could only imagine. And I really wanted him to answer, but I thought that was excellent writing. Because he sat there and he teases us. Because we're like, what did Tig do with a livestock van in decent exposure? Like, what was the livestock? I know immediately you're asking, was it goats? Pigs? Is it is it horses? What what did it, what did Tig do? How did Tig Tig on some livestock? Or did he have sex with a, a willing lady amongst the livestock? It could be a plethora of things when you put Tig in decent exposure, lewd acts, on a fucking livestock situation. And what was another piece of good writing is when he finds out what it is and he goes, oh, shit. I thought that didn't get thrown out? Oh, okay. Okay, no. And then he looks over at the other two who he's been clowning and says, go ahead and ask me. I know you want to know. I know you want to find out what, what happened in that, the, why I'm here. And they don't answer it. They just leave it to our imagination. Another excellent piece of writing so, little things like that make you go oh man i really want to know 
So now we get to just debate and argue and just say, well, we think Tig would have did, which is way more fun than actually knowing. So I thought that was awesome. And now the real shit, the real crux of this episode, right? Now, yet again, Clay versus Jax on decision making. Two times Jax said, we need to make this into a vote. Two times Clay said, fuck off. All right now, this last time was a biggie. This was a huge one because Bobby been noticing, the club been noticing, but, you know, it's above their pay grade. That's VP versus president. That's father versus son. It's some shit, right? So now at the gas station, they trying to figure out what the fuck do we do about Tig? Clay says, hey, wait, let's get more guys. Wait till nighttime. Go get them. Jax is on the side of, we don't know how long they're going to be there. We got the numbers now. Let's go ambush them. Clay, we don't know how many guns are there. Jax, who gives a shit? We got the surprise element. Two opposing forces. So what does Jax want to do? Let's vote, which is fair. President VP got two different things they want to do. You got enough people here to vote on the situation. Jax knows he's right. So he's like, let's fucking vote on it and it'll be settled. Whatever happens, happens. Now, what I was curious about is why is he going so hard for Tig? He don't even really like him like that. He killed his man's wife. Why is he so thirsty to rescue Tig until it hits me? He doesn't. It doesn't truly matter to him. What really matters to Jax at this moment is being right. What truly matters to Jax at this moment is showing Clay you're done, you're old, you're making bad moves, you're bad for the club. Him and Piney have already been pining over it. You see what I did there? Him and Piney, even when Piney is telling him, like, yeah, I'm looking after, you know, Gemma, da-da-da, and then Clay says, oh, thanks, man, you're really looking out for me. Piney's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Because Piney is fully fucking on the Jax train, fully on board with Jax taking over, and is the only one privy to this knowledge outside of the actual people who committed the crime. So Jax and Piney has got this fucking thing going on. And I find that terrific. Like, that, their relationship is super, like, intricate. They both got things in common. But you know what makes it so amazing, this thing between Piney and Jax? It's Opie. It's Opie. Piney is Opie's father. Jax is Opie's best friend. Both know who is the reason why Opie is, you know, fucked up why his kids are fucked up, and why his wife is gone. They know. He doesn't. And because he doesn't, we get scenes like this. They go at Clay, Jax get into it, and hilariously, right? I love this part. Clay goes, you vote on whatever the fuck you want. I'm delivering the guns. He tries to take off like some sassy little girl, and then (laughs) he doesn't get two feet before falling off his shit with his old ass, right? And I was like, oh, that's awkward. You had this whole exit speech, and it was so powerful, and everybody's like, oh, fuck, we got to roll with Clay, until he can't ride. Now he looks like a miserable old man. Fucking Jax rolls his eyes, but the first person to him is Opie. 
This is why this episode was so good. Opie is under the guise of, this is my president, like it's always been. I'm fully vested. The club is life. I'm pro-president, right? Whatever you want to do. He goes there, he sits down with him, and it disgusts me watching these two talk. The fucking Clay asking him, how's the family? Bitch, you know how the family is. You created this new family dynamic. So I hate this. And then Opie is just seeing that he cares. And Opie's like, look, I got to be honest. I think we should go get Tig now. But I'm down to do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care what these guys going on. You my president. I'm riding with you. So you made the decision. Let's go. He comes to his senses after listening to Opie. And he's like, okay, now we got to go get Tig. This is what we're going to go do. And that's when the whole plan of when to go get him is all occurring. But in all of that, Opie is, is showing his allegiance to the man who got his wife murdered. And that makes it so deep. And Jax has to watch that in disgust, just like the rest of us. Knowing he can't tell his mans. And his father knows. And it's just... So when they get into it, Piney is like, fuck this, because Piney's been looking for action for a long time. So I'm glad he got his chance to do that. Piney hops, d- throws Jackson's shotgun. Excellent scene. Tosses said, hop in the back. Fuck this. Right? Because what can Clay do to Piney and Jax? He knows they know. And these motherfuckers are using that card. <laughs> right? They using that guilt card like a motherfucker. And then Jax say, hey, you hop on. You know what we doing? We about to kick shit in. Ain't no vote. And then boom, they take off to go do that. Now, Bobby immediately knows, oh, shit. This is a lot worse, a lot deeper than I thought. But they make a successful a successful recovery of TIG. And now this is where the real shit lays, right? At this little, we delivered the guns, we rescued TIG. And now is the real shit. Bobby and them having fun. Jax is, wants no part of it. Jax accuses Opie of like being Clay's mole or telling him what they talk about. Like it's creating a strain. And Jax is like, boy, if I could just tell you about your Lord and Savior Clay, I'd love to see who sides you on now. So, but but Jax has to sit with that. And Opie has no fucking clue what's going on. So now he's ready to fight Jax because it's like, yo, bro, what the fuck? You don't put me in your family shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's what makes this episode so amazing. It's so many moving pieces. Nobody knows shit, but the ones that don't know everything and the people caught in the middle are just lost and have no, no, they don't know which way is up. And I'm like, this is just masterful right here. This episode is fucking fantastic. And it wraps up so perfectly because as Jack sits there on his bike getting drunk, Clay knows he's had a fuck enough. This is it. So he just straight up asks him, how long are we going to do this? Tomorrow, next week. And then Jack says, hey, you tell me. How does one get over somebody trying to get your man's murdered and get, ends up murdering his wife? You tell me. You so good at this. How do I how do I move on? What, what, what do I do? And Clay, now he may have been wrong this whole episode. 
He may have looked like some old lady falling off her bike earlier at the gas station. But when this motherfucker dropped a dime of, I don't know. But you need to do it soon. Because if I hear you mention her or this incident again, I will kill you. Drops Mike. I said, well, that's a declaration of war if I ever heard one. That's a real last threat. And now he put it right back in Jack's court to test his gangster. So Clay looked like a mess, but that line right there lets us know. Just like Opie said, Clay ain't going nowhere. Right? That was the summation. There you have it. So, it makes episode 5 look quite spicy, I must say. And I got a salute to Unser for line of the episode. It's, it's not a regular thing, but I'm just going to throw it in there. He had a gem of a line. Something I think a lot of us should live our life. Try to attain to live our life to. When... Uh, Tara was sitting there asking what she, what Unser thinks about their relationship, about those two. You could tell she so cares about the outside world. You know, I hate a chick like that. Like, who gives a shit what other people think? But when she's asking Unser, like, what's his thoughts? He says, hey, don't think too much into it. If you find something that don't make you miserable, keep it. Hold on to it. And I said, damn. Who would have thought I would have got a life lesson from Unser? But the true shit. So with that, I say to you, if you find something that don't make you miserable, hold on to it. Protect your health, yourself, your wealth. Your boy Rel is out of here, man. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy Hollywood Rail. And I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? Alright, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at a thousand trying to get to two, alright? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...